listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am and of course at 4.30 if you're listening in Tasmania you can catch a replay of our program as well every weekday. And of course Monday it's uh, David Leo's day with his series Encounters with Jesus. Welcome David, you're joining us from Devonport today. Listen, happy Monday, everyone. Happy Monday, David. Sorry, I had your fader down, but we've caught you now, so <laughs> that's good. Uh, happy Monday, David. Now, uh, you're talking about signs of the times today, and uh, but we're taking a bit of a different, um, a different uh, path around, I guess, or a different viewpoint of this one. So yes. I'm, I'm keen to, to do this with you. But just as, a, uh, as an opening question, David, I want to ask you, what's your favourite possession, your, uh, your greatest material possession? I think, um, I think it'd have to be my camera. Mm-hmm. I've got a, uh, I've got a uh, it's, not, it's not an expensive one, but it's one that I had to pass to my wife about four, 10 years ago now. Um, but it takes really crisp photos, and cameras have come a long way since then, so it's not it's not that expensive. But it's uh, it's a position that I um, think I've got a lot of quality photos and memories from, and I don't use it too often. But yeah, that's definitely my favorite, um, probably the favorite thing I own. Mm. Well, what about yourself, Jason? Uh, look, I, I uh, love uh, technology and uh, music equipment and audio stuff. That's sort of my hobby and passion. And so I guess I'd have to say um, it would be something in that area. My, uh, I've got a home studio, so, um, yeah, I love, I love working in oh, that yeah. and, and a, producing music and audio systems. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good work, good work. And there's a reason why I asked, um, um, we were talking about possessions, right, and, and why you've asked that question. Because um, as we look at Mark 13, and and I'm, I'm trusting that for our listeners, some of them have heard um, some of our uh, broadcasters talk about the signs of the times. You know, Matthew 24, um, you know, it's something that uh, as Seventh-day Adventists, we, we specialize in trying to interpret these prophecies and try to put them together. But as we go through the story, I want, I want to, us to encounter uh, what it's like for the disciples as they're listening to what Jesus has to say and what that means for us today. Mm. So, yeah, look, taking more of that that um, that angle. So rather than trying to interpret it, try and imagine yourself being in that position where you're listening to what Jesus says. Yeah, well, that's good. It'll be, it'll be good to uh, encounter this from a different direction. And, of course, uh, your title is, your program series is Encounters with Jesus. So it's, that's good, right. it's good to actually... <laughs> Uh, look at things from the perspective of those people who did actually uh, speak with Jesus and, and mm. spend time with him. Uh, before we go on, David, I just want to give our show number to our listeners. Uh, this is mm-hmm. the Tassie Encounters to mobile text number that you can text us in. That's 0488-880-891. And uh, please feel free to text us uh, any questions, queries or feedback and, uh, of course, if you want to take advantage of our free book offer, which we will have uh, later in the program as well, you can text us uh, on that same number. So that's 0488-880-891. David, uh, did you want to recap on uh, where we've come from, or do you want to get straight into this week's? No, I think the recap will be really um, important for what we're going to talk about today. And we last week we talked about how uh, a scribe challenged Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? 
yeah. all of them. And hero, and hero Israel was the hero uh, Israel beginning was the of title. that statement, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And he refers to the Shema, which is the hero Israel in, in Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 and 6. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he sums up the Ten Commandments. And uh, why I say I think that's really important to refer to is because the Ten Commandments is what um, reveals the kingdom of God. I mean, the commandments of God show us that loving God and loving others is the foundation and that comes down to a, a word that is you gets a lot of radio play. Or forgive the pun, but um, you know Christians talk about a relationship. Right? Relationships are so important, and they're held together by the Ten Commandments. And I think I summed it up that way last week. And today, uh, we're talking about um, the disciples as they as they ref- talk to Jesus and they ask this question. It all comes from. Um, from the statement that Jesus makes and says that uh, this temple that you all hold so important, it's going to be destroyed. Mm. Right, and that that really was like, what? You know, this temple, this building, you know, this that, that is was the, That was the prized possession of the, uh, the, the Jewish people. That's right, it was. It was a prized possession of the Jewish people. And I think it's important to discuss because when it comes to um, trying to figure, understand who we are, I think for the most part, for the most of us, we've been conditioned so well in uh, a worldview of naturalism, you know, things that we see and touch and whatever, mm. that's the reality of the world, right? And so now, you know, we, we can, in 2021, we're probably in a worse place than the disciples were back then where their whole life uh, centered around the temple. And that was because, you know, from Exodus 25 verse 8, God said to Moses, make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell amongst them. That mm. was his... That, that was what God said. So the whole intention of the temple was for God to live amongst his people. And so everywhere the temple went, God went with them, yeah. right? And so the temple was now a place where um, it's the center of the universe because God dwells there. Mm. So they had good they had good reasons for why the temple um, was the center of the universe. Mm. And, you know, if the temple was to be destroyed, it had been destroyed before by the Babylonians, but the temple was destroyed Basically, that's the end of the people. And so they asked the question, Jesus, um, oh, actually, let's go through it. Uh, mm. Mark Mark 13, verses 1 to 5. Okay. Uh, before we do, would you like to uh, pray? Absolutely. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we read these words, Lord, they're so important. Uh, some of the your last important counsels that you gave to the disciples and you give to us. And so, Lord, I ask that you impress upon our hearts to respond. And for whatever call you have for us, Lord, may we be uh, trusting and obedient. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right. So we're reading Mark chapter 13 from the English Standard Version. And we're going to read verse 1 to 5. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Yeah, that's where so you we, want to stop. That's where we want to stop. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a bit so of suspense get, there. 
sure is. And there's a, there's a whole uh, list of things to, that Jesus advises the disciples. And, and the disciples are intrigued because in, in Matthew 23 and 24, we get more of, um, details of what's happening in the situation. Yeah. And, 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 and the, very, the very first two um, the very first two verses, Matthew tells us that uh, Jesus has just been in the temple and he's proclaimed the seven last woes or the seven curses on the leaders of, of uh, Israel because of their rejection of Jesus Christ. And um, and he tells them, you know, this this house will be left unto you desolate. This house is gone. You know, it's, it's, it's destroyed. And as they, you know, and you can imagine the disciples as they list, as they're listening to Jesus. Saying these things, they're not. And our Jesus is a leader, and he's going to, you know, he's meant to stand up for Israel. What's he talking about? That our, you know, the, the, the temple is going to be destroyed. This is this is the place that he's that's going to be part and parcel of his identity as the Messiah. You know, so they're, they're trying to work out why. Well, no, no, this can't be. And as they're walking past, and they said, "Ah, oh, can we just, you know, Jesus, can we just quickly remind you as you look at these built of these bricks on the on the wall? See these stones, Lord. You know, and and uh, King Herod's stones. Some some of them were like up to thirteen meters long, four meters wide. Uh, I can't remember the height, but they're they huge. they're enormous. Yeah, mm. they're four to five tons each. Mm. You know, some of these some of these bricks. So they. The, the whole purpose is to impress Jesus. Say, hey, Jesus, look at the rocks, remember? Mm. And Jesus is not impressed. <laughs> He's not impressed with my camera or your gadgets. <laughs> he says, no, no, these things, these things you're looking at, they, it's going to perish. Mm. And and they, they can't figure it out. And then it says, they're the Mount of Olives. So in Mark, you know how Mark immediately... You know, yes, it's yep. just a book of action. It just goes one scene cuts from one scene to the other. It cut the whole scene of the walk to the Mount of Olives. You know, so it's about one kilometer away. You got to go. You got to dip into the valley, climb up to the mountain, and then you get a bird's eye view of the temple. And that's where, as they're looking, as, as the disciples are contemplating. And Jesus must have took, their delib- took them up there deliberately because now they're looking at the temple in the bigger picture and asking the question, right? And uh, Jesus' first advice to them is. See that no one leads you astray. See that nobody deceives you. See that nobody pulls any tricks on you. And then he's about to give them a list, but we'll uh, get into more details in the in the next section. We will. Now, I didn't mention before, but if you want to catch up on past episodes, you can do that on the website. That's faithfm.com.au. Or you can download our FaithFM app on your phone or tablet. But right now, we're going to have a listen to this song by Keith and Kristen Getty. It's called, My Worth Is Not What I Own. Mm. My worth is not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone. But in the costly wounds of love at the cross My worth is not in skill or Oh 
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. We've been speaking with David Leo this morning about Mark chapter 13 and the signs of the times. We're looking at it from a different angle. And uh, just before we left off, we looked at the verse that talked about let no one lead you astray. And that was verse 5. So, David, um, how might these guys be left to, uh, led astray? And, and what do we need to learn about this? We've got to learn that, uh, you know, the importance of that relationship I was telling you about with Jesus Christ, that the, the disciples and us as well, you know, we don't just, we don't just read one part of like a parable of Jesus Christ or just read the gospels and then leave it there and go, okay, you know, I think I know Jesus is, but you're going to learn a lot from the gospels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to learn a lot about God, but 
as we look in, as we're going to look into this, um, look into the scripture, uh, Mark 13, where he talks about, um, uh, you know, Daniel. He goes, now look at the abomination of desolation in Daniel. Mm. He's giving us a hint. Study the book of Daniel. Mm. You know, you're going to learn more it's there. A, it's the know? same phrase mm. used in Daniel. Mm. Correct, and he and there's a reason why he uses that. He actually uses a couple of phrases mm. uh, that refers us back to Daniel, so that we can go, oh, well, give us a bigger perception. So, don't, don't be led astray. Get to know who I am. You know, John seventeen verse three says, "Now this is eternal life that they may know, that they may know God and His Son." You know, know God and Jesus Christ, mm. His only Son. So, there's a formula here. To have eternal life is to know Jesus. There's mm. something about that, right? Mm. So we've got to know Jesus personally. There's another text that says, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. And then John eight thirty two says, and you may know the truth, and the truth will set you free. free. Mm. So knowing Jesus Christ has everything to do with detaching ourselves from any material possession, from anything that, any place that we, any buildings or something that we place our identity in or Whatever things that we're thinking, oh, you know, without this, it's going to destroy me. Jesus says, no, as long as you know who I am, you'll always be free. Right? You'll always have this understanding of um, how things work, of loving me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, all your strength, and loving others as myself. And this understanding of that kingdom is built on how we see ourselves in Jesus Christ. And so he he, he, he starts to give us, give us a whole list of things of saying um this is how this is how you make sure that you're not led astray mm. you know, he says things like uh, there'll be false p- people claiming to be christ there'll be uh, wars or rumors of wars there'll be uh you know a whole a whole spout of things he says and um he says this is the warning this is the warning i'm giving you don't be don't be fooled by these things and mm. that word don't be don't be led astray right it comes up uh, in the very last text it says stay awake Oh, I feel like I'm using the, the, the modern term to say stay woke, right? <laughs> and that's that's interesting. You know, like stay awake. Um, he tells a parable of 10 virgins and they all fall asleep, mm. all of them, mm. right? And when they wake up, um, some have got reserve oil. Five of them got reserve oil for their lamps and five of them don't, you know, and they don't, they can't, they can't um, refuel their lamps because they don't have the extra oil. So he, there's, this, there's this thing about Jesus telling the disciples about being alert, you know. One thing he's taught them already is, don't hold on to the possessions of the world. You know, don't don't be so obsessed with the temple, because what's literally just happened is the whole purpose of the temple is I'm here. God mm. is now present in the temple. The whole purpose was for you to know me. <laughs> that was the whole the whole purpose was for me to it was for you to know me, and now it's time for you to understand what it means for this relationship to, to go further and the temple will no longer be required because I'm about to be the one that will end all sacrifices. Right. So so uh, we're going to read verse 9, I believe, which um, which talks about, uh, I guess, a little bit of what it means to, to know Jesus as well. Uh, but also starts with the words, be on your guard. Is it, yeah. is it the right time to, to read that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll, we'll do we that. haven't read it yet, so... It says, be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you'll be beaten in synagogues, and you'll stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. So I mm. guess I was reading that, and I'm thinking, does that 
is that what it means to be really a follower of Christ, to know him and uh, to be fully engaged with Christ? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the... Uh one of the warnings he gives us as disciples is they're going to hate you, mm. you know, but they don't hate you because of who you are. They hate you because of who I am, mm. you know, and you've become a follower of mine. Mm. You know, his, his, his name, the name of Jesus Christ uh, gives offense because we claim an authority over, and this is what Mark's been talking about, authority. Mm. And it doesn't matter who comes, who speaks to these followers, they constantly say, no, um, we refuse because Jesus is our authority. So how dare you? And it doesn't matter where you find these followers in the, in the history of time. <laughs> you just can't shake them, mm. you know? And so, you know, beat them, do whatever you can to them, but their loyalty just won't be, won't be shaken. So mm. yeah, it's, um, unfortunately comes with a, comes with a gospel. I was, uh, I was speaking with a friend this morning and, um, he was saying how, you know, before he started to understand the Bible and, and Christianity, he, I guess he wondered why um, the Bible has often been so uh, hidden and repressed in the in the past and in different places of the world. And yeah. uh, he says now he understands it because the Bible speaks truth. And uh, you know, <laughs> Jesus says, "I am the truth." And uh, you know, I thought that was so uh, so powerful because people don't want to know the truth. They don't want to hear the no. truth or they want to hide the truth because the truth sometimes might expose them, I guess. Always. Mm. The truth always exposes us. You know, it's, there's no there's no two two ways about it, is there? Mm. Yeah. Why don't you read verse 10? Yeah. I'm reading, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm a typical um, person that just wants to do the whole thing now, but I know we haven't got time for that. But yeah, let's go verse 10. Verse 10 says, And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. So there's, there's part of the, the, the um, you know. What it means to be a follower. That means, yeah, what it means to not be led astray is proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. Right, so we're proclaiming that Jesus, what Jesus has said and, and sharing what he shared here. Um I'm sorry, Jason. I want to read 11 to 13. Okay. <laughs> it says, And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated for all my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures to the end will be saved. So Jesus is giving us some prerequisites, staying alert and also uh, enduring. But, you know, when you read th- things like brother turning in brother, you know, father oh, turning child. in children, yeah. children turn. You know, when I first read that as a teen, I thought, no, nah, that's impossible because the, the, the world I grew up in, mm. <laughs> the world I grew up in, loving, loving, uh, Society, you know, and then um, you read history. And the first time I read Animal Farm when I was fourteen, and the social studies teacher started taking us down the, the stories of the Russian Revolution and the Nazis and mm. you know Cambodia and Pop. I was, I was thinking, what, what, what kind of world is that? Mm. Where they, you know, with children, you know, are, are turning in their fathers. And my and my father in law is Cambodian, and he said he had to watch uh, kids executing adults. You know, and that's, that doesn't make sense in my mind. And I think, man, how do we, how do we get to a point of hatred like that? Mm. And, you know, 
during communism, religion was one of the things they had to turn away and say, we can't have you know who Jesus is. Mm. Otherwise, you, otherwise, you're going to be soft and compassionate and all those type of things. Mm. <laughs> and we need you to be ready to pull the trigger when we tell you to. Right? So it's like, wow, that's amazing. But he says, be wary and don't be led astray by those type of things. Mm. When, you, when you see evil for what it is, call it out. You know, and 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 uh, and stay on guard. See, remember the things I told you. If you go through the list in Mark thirteen, and so we learn as disciples of Christ, um, we're meant to be people that are looking for the signs. You know, we're meant to be people that everything Jesus said, we're alert. You know, we're we're, we're um. I suppose the thing I'm trying to think is don't be don't be like zombies on a on a phone and just swallowing everything, mm. but be critical thinkers. You know, be thinkers. They are. What's that about? Oh, what's that person trying to say? Oh, that's something Jesus talked about. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, one of the one of the best advice I got from my mentors, <laughs> they said to me, "If you ever listen to a sermon and you hear a Bible study and they never mention the name of Jesus, <laughs> there's something wrong with that." Mm. So I started. My ears, my antennas were on, and I tell you what, I was pretty disappointed when I heard a sermon that never mentioned Jesus. Wow. <laughs> you know, Whoa! What's what, what's going on here? You know, so my antennas are on, and Jesus is doing the same thing for us, and it's, he's doing the same thing for the disciples back then, and he's doing the same thing to us now. Mm. Look for those things, and you know, be alert. Know, know that I talked about this. Mm. And of course, you know, the best way we can be uh, wise and have discernment in this is if we uh, know the scriptures as well, because that that's our. Uh, Benchmark, isn't it? That uh, that's we, right. We uh, compare everything to or reference. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, and proclaiming the gospel to the world. Yeah, that's another way of doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to go to a break. This is a song called "It's Time to Get Ready" by Malvinas Penland. I feel so well But keep on going on And I can get so comfortable And make this place my home Remind me, Lord, that there is more Than just the things I see To fix my eyes on Jesus It's time to get ready Today is all that we have We can see the signs are happening Just as the Bible says So don't get caught unaware Now is the time to prepare God is calling me and calling you To live for Him today To put aside distractions And the things that lead us away To really read our Bibles And devote ourselves to prayer To know our dear friend Jesus For He is always there It's time to get ready See the signs are happening Just 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're talking with David Leo, and we've been studying Mark chapter 13, the signs of the times or the signs of the end. And uh, we talked a little bit about um, what what uh, would be happening in, in the end times. We talked about the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And we also looked at, you know, how societies or certainly some societies might be where people turn against each other. And we've certainly seen that in our world, uh, both today and in the past, uh, you know, in the past century or so, there's been so much strife. And so it gives us uh, a sign of uh, where things are at. But David, I just want to bring it back to where, you know, in the beginning of the program, we we're saying, you know, what was this? Uh, like for the disciples hearing this message, what would have been going through their head? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. There are guys that have been growing up in an area that has been taken over by the Roman Empire since day dot, since they've been born. You mm-hmm. know, the Roman Empire have been power for that long. They're a, they're a nation that have been trying to practice their their religion, their identity, but it's repressed by oh, and they're oppressed. Some of them by you know um, by the Roman Empire. The, they try and uh, they, they're trying to live out their lives, but you know this is this is the way it is. They're a um, they got to pay their taxes and do what they do under the Roman Empire rule, and they've seen they've seen other you know Jesus isn't the only uh, person that has a group of disciples. They've seen this all their lives. There are there are guys that come out of the blue and they you know they start their little set and they have disciples and they believe what they're saying and they've watched them fall over or you know they've watched them become zealots and get punished by um, Rome. They've, they've seen these things before. But as Jesus keeps on speaking and telling them about natural disasters, you know, starts telling about kingdom rising up against kingdom and starts listing all these things and they're thinking, yeah, we've seen it before. But Jesus is starting, you know, we just talked about brother turning against brother and father to children, you know, and, and they're starting to realize, wait a minute, 
this hap- this going to happen to us as disciples? We're mm. going to see this, mm. right? They had no idea what the future was going to bring, right? It's uh, um, so as as they're sitting there and they're taking in this message, they've asked the correct question when Jesus said, "You know, this temple's going to be destroyed." Their first thought is, "Well, mm. if it's going to be destroyed, what happens? Mm. What happens to us?" Mm. And so, and so when they sat there, they thought, "Okay, let's look at time. If the world's coming to an end, then we better ask Jesus." So when when are these things going to happen? Hmm. And um, you know what are the signs for this? So there's there's two questions there, and Jesus actually answers in uh, two ways. I don't want I want to get I want to get into this. I know the other guys have have done it, but uh, I need to point out that Jesus isn't just talking about the uh, present time because you know it's interesting if you look at uh, if you look at verse. Um, uh, it's verse 30 it says truly I say to you this generation will not pass away until all these things take place you know this generation will not pass away until all these things take place like what none of the, well, this didn't take place before you know the generation was over and the generation back then was 40 years that's a, that's what a generation was so within, Jesus Christ within 40 years um, something's going to happen in this in this uh, what in that generation doing. yeah yeah, Jesus died on 33 AD, and in 70 AD, that temple was destroyed, right? It was raised down to the ground. Mm. No, so that, that, that happened, mm. right? But you, had, you have to understand what things he's talking about that's going to happen this time, what's going to happen in the future. Mm. And we, we got a clue. We got a clue from Jesus what disciples are meant to do uh, while we wait for Jesus, and as we see these signs and these things unfold, for Jesus' uh, return. Um, actually, let's, let's look at let's look at uh, one of them. Uh, verse fourteen. Can you read verse fourteen for us, please? Yeah, Jason. It says, "But when you see the abomination mm. of desolation standing where he ought not to be, and in brackets, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains." Okay, so he's given a he's given a hint, and he says, "You're going to find that in the book of." Daniel. Daniel. Mm. And then you come down to uh, verse 27. I'll, I'll read this one. Verse 27 says, And then he will send out the angels. This is tomorrow when Jesus returns. Yes. Right, so we, we got, we're, going to the, we're going to the end now. We're mm. going to the end of time. Right? There's a difference between the time of the end and the end of time. <laughs> mm. and, um, and he says, he, And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four Winds. Those three words, the four winds. That's used that's in Revelation, the, isn't it? And Daniel. And that's Daniel, Daniel language. Yeah, right, Daniel. Daniel, that, yeah, the four winds is like a key, like it's a key phrase. Yes. And Jesus uses it right here. The four winds are like, whoa, where's that from? Oh, that's in Daniel. So you've got to look at Daniel from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Yeah. And, and so one of the key things, as you mentioned this actually, you see, we got to we got to understand what the Bible says, and Jesus says, "Proclaim it to the ends of the earth." Yeah, right. So He's already giving His disciples a hint and us to say, if you want to learn more about what I'm talking about, if you want to learn more about who I am, because the abomination of desolation is found in the Messianic prophecy, which is in Daniel nine verse twenty five to twenty seven, which is my favorite prophecy, and it actually spells out it spells out when Jesus is going to be the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of big hints here. You know, like if you 
Go through the book of Daniel. Understand that I'm the Messiah. Know who I am. I need you to, I need you to, uh, be saying to the disciples, uh, when I'm gone, everything I've said to you, you can put the puzzles together. Hmm. You, I'm, I'm giving you pieces of the puzzle that when you start going through things and when the disciples started experiencing, um, as they talked about Jesus and their belief and their loyalty to him, they started getting persecuted for it. The Roman Empire started telling them, you can't talk about this stuff because, you know, you can, there's only certain religions you can, uh, you, you can follow and you're not following them, uh, following them. Hmm. But Jesus said, uh, Oh, I'm going to have to turn to it. I'm going to have to turn to it. Sorry. Luke 17, Luke 17 verse 20 comes to mind. Um, and it says, uh, when people were asking the question, they said, the scribes, oh, there we go, the scribes and the chief priests sought to lay hands on him at that very hour, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them, but they feared the people. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to um, pretended to be sincere that they might catch him in something he said so as to deliver him up to the authority and jurisdiction of the governor. Isn't that interesting? Um, actually, that's what I'm after. Uh, it's... Anyway, am I in Luke? Oh, sorry, I'm in Luke 20. I'm in, I'm in Luke 20. Luke 17, verse 20. It says, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. <laughs> so the Pharisees are asking, when is the kingdom of God coming? He answered them. He said, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the I midst of so, you. Yeah. yeah. Right, so he's, he's already spelled out. If you want to know who the, what the kingdom of God is, it's me. Yeah. You know? And so they, they're expecting something uh, different in terms of the the coming kingdom or the the ruling of, of the Messiah. but Which is meant to happen in the temple. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, uh, that uh, wasn't the way it was going to be. No. And, and that's another important point. No, like the, te- the, the, the disciples are thinking the inauguration is meant to happen in the temple and he's saying he's going to be destroyed. So where's this all going to happen? Mm. <laughs> you know, like, mm. where else is Jesus going to be the Messiah? You know, mm. and this, this kingdom that God is calling us to, to be kingdom builders, you know, this, this kingdom now is based on what we talked about last week. It's based on loving relationships and knowing how to, foster these relationships as you know every time we get to know God better and we love God the relationships around us are built too because we can point them and say hey this is the way the world's this is the way the world's heading and the only thing we can trust in is the Bible and the Bible talks about this God that we can trust in right and this is the whole this is the whole message and this is the whole gospel that we're meant to be sharing that we will be persecuted for that Jesus says. So Jesus says, hey, listen, it's not going to be rainbows and unicorns and candy popcorn. You know, this is going to, when you talk about me, some people are going to say, no, we don't want to hear about it. You know, you, we don't want to be exposed. We don't want the truth to, to show what we're really about, that we are obsessed with our positions. Mm. Um, and we don't want to talk about these fanciful ideas and these supernatural things of a, you know, a person coming in the sky that mm. doesn't that doesn't uh, <laughs> it doesn't register. It. No, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Get get away from us, you fairy tale. We we're going to go to another break, David, and uh, we'll pick this up. I know there's another uh, section that we're going to talk about. 
But uh, before we go to the break, Decoding Bible Prophecy is our book offer today. And uh, we'll just uh, share a little bit about that. It says in Amos chapter 3, verse 7, Surely the Lord does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, mm. the prophets. So this Amen. book is about understanding what those Bible prophets said, especially the apocalyptic prophets such as Daniel and John the Revelator. And it's about knowing how to read those prophecies and make sense of some difficult passages in the Bible. And, you know, really this passage is, is a little bit difficult, a little bit challenging. And so uh, having a book like this can help us learn the principles and interpret uh, the the meaning by uh, connecting all the the dots together, so to speak. So after the break, we'll give you the code for this book, Decoding Bible Prophecy. So hang in there and uh, we'll listen to this song called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters. I could just sit I could just sit and wait for all your goodness Hope to feel your presence And I could just stay I could just stay right where I am And hope to feel you Hope to feel something
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are speaking with David Leo. And just before the break, we talked about the book offer for today, Decoding Bible Prophecy. This is by Ron Clausett. And we are about to give you the code. So get your pen ready or wherever you want to write it. It's Logos number two, L-O-G-O-S and the number two. Text that code in with no spaces, just L-O-G-O-S and the number two to 0488 880 That's 0488 880 If you text that in, we will get that book out to you as soon as we can. David, we've got just about five minutes left and we've got to read a bit more uh, passage of the scripture and then uh, wrap it up. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I'll, just, I'll wrap it up with knowing that when Jesus spoke to the disciples, we want to understand, you know, some people read this like, oh, you know, I wish I, wish I knew exactly the pinpoint, the exact time that Jesus is coming. But what Jesus is doing for the disciples is saying, hey, you're going to go through some things, and I want you to know that I keep my promises. Mm. Right? In, uh, in, in verse uh, 31, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Yeah. My words stay solid. Right? So I want everyone to understand that when the disciples are sitting there listening to Jesus, they absorbed and realized, oh, Jesus is trying to give us hope. You know, Jesus is trying to give us the real story. He's not, hold- he's not holding back any punches, but he's telling us, endure. Stay the course. I will keep my promise. Mm. So that's, I just want to keep that in the background. But if, if you could read 32 to 37 for us, please, uh, Jason. Sure. It says, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Yeah. No, I know some health concerned people are saying, "Well, if we don't get any sleep, that's bad for us." The the parable is not talking about literal sleep. I don't think (laughs) that's right. It's just like the uh, the parable of the the ten virgins that uh, I've mentioned earlier. It's not the literal. It's not the literal sleep. It's the it's the gone to zombie mode sleep. It's gone to the um, gone to the. You know what? It's taking so long. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm Just gonna not relax. worry about it. No, yeah, forget about yeah. it. Yeah, mm. I like to. I like to call it. Um, I like to call it active waiting. Mm. Active waiting, right? Mm. We're active. We're waiting, but we've been active while we do it. You know, we yeah. we we got our. You know, we're, we're still doing the, the the work that God has asked us to do. We're um, we're staying alert. We're we're sharing with others. We're serving and loving others and, and sharing our and sharing the gospel, and we're 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 sharing the hope that we have. You know, and the hope we we say the same words. Well, I, I I feel this way that that's been said in the history before, where it says, um, you know, the the, the Israel of old used to ask the question, "How long, <laughs> how long, O Lord?" Yeah, you know, how and I ask the same question, man. When I when I look around, you know, there's so much, there's so much things that the news doesn't cover. Mm. You know, things that just that that are not that. Um, not that uh, so it doesn't get get that much in t- uh, attention, but it's happening. You know, like we've got human trafficking. We've got, um, you know, 
pollution. We've got uh, trees that have been swiped down just so it could feed cows that are good for hamburgers. You know, it's like, man, with the, the, how far can this go? You know, how long do we have to um, deal with these things that are inadvertently affecting each and every one of us? You know, one of the worst conversations we're having at the moment, Jason, mm-hmm. uh, young kids, because, you know, I'm a chaplain as well. Yeah. And I love looking at the youth as well and telling, you know, saying in the, in the, in the current climate of things, you know, um, you know, they're saying, is there any, any point in, um, you know, going after that? If I can't travel around the world and do these things that I'd planned to do because of the COVID-19 restrictions, you know, what should I do in the future? So I'm like, people uh, are losing hope in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you, and you lose hope. Everything's gone, right? And I, and the only thing I can I can drive these young kids to look at, you know, um, even had a conversation with my son the other day about it as well. And I was like, look, you know, I, I know that you you're fallen, you know, you're part of that whip and condition to always think, get an education, buy a house, I'll get a job, buy a house, buy a car, all these things, and then you know, live the white picket fence life. And perhaps it's a different calling. You know, perhaps this is you're called to bigger things. You know, and it's a it's a difficult thing to think, but that the hope that Jesus gives us, it's bigger than the Australian dream. Mm. It's bigger than anything we can own. You know, like you know that that's what I love about uh, being a Christian, being a follower of Christ, is that that He actually gives us a job to do. You know, He gives us a purpose, and, and you know, this chapter talks about it. You know, preaching the gospel to all nations. Now, that's huge. And and you Massive. can do that these days from from anywhere. Yeah, like, and like little, we're doing here. We're sitting in our studios and uh, and and talking about this scripture, and uh, you can do it from anywhere these days. That's right. The disciples of Christ that know that he that the disciples that learn to love God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, with all their strength, and love others as, as themselves. Well, they they get to they get to know what the hope and glory is. When I say glory, I mean. The glorious kingdom that God has offered to us. You get to, you get to understand that, and you realize that your life purpose isn't based on bricks and mortars and positions. Mm. It's it's based on the personhood and the God that we serve. That is in Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. And you can be part of that too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's that it's that genuine, true, and uh, I guess thriving relationship, that active relationship with God. And as you said, active list, uh, active waiting, <laughs> active waiting. Yeah. And uh, one of my one of my favorite songs. I don't know if you know this song, but we I sang this as a kid growing up. It's apparently an old chorus from the seventies. It's called "Family of God." Yes, yes. one of, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. And then and, and that's everyone's welcome to that. Everyone's welcome to the family of God. Awesome. Well, th- thanks for sharing today, uh, David. What have you got mm. for us next week? Next week we're looking at a. a an expensive anointing a woman that um, uses expensive perfume to bless Jesus Christ so we're going to look at that in Mark 14 next week and yeah Mark 14 and the first part of that if you want to read ahead you can do that and of course tomorrow we've got Gary Webster continuing his series Life Time Search and he's doing part two of the assassination of God to Helen back so We do invite you to tune in both tomorrow and also join us next week with David Leo. Uh, David, we've got 30 seconds before we go out. I'm just going to ask you, what do you take away, you know, the most important point from today? I think we need to take away that um, 
as a disciple, Jesus doesn't doesn't hide anything from us. He's very transparent of what to expect when we become a disciple, and that there's always hope for us. We're called to to things beyond the natural world. We're called to the supernatural world. That Jesus Christ is the King of the whole universe and the King of Earth and our lives. So, you know, who else could we? Who else should we trust and follow and and uh, know that we can trust with our lives? Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope we can catch you tomorrow and uh, have a good day wherever you are. This is Mm -hmm. Ellie Holcomb. We've got this hope. We've got this hope. We've got a future. We've got the power of the resurrection living within. We've got this hope. We've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of his hand. And even when our hearts are breaking, even when our souls are shaking, oh, oh, oh we've got this hope. Oh, oh, oh.